Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Have you come to church with a heart that's open, ready to receive? Because, you know, it's, there's something about a posture that we turn up in. Do you know that? Yesterday, we, um, David, where is, oh, he's not here. Oh, he is. Jay, good to see you. Yesterday, um, we climbed a very, very, very big mountain, didn't we, Jay? <laughs> and we talked about how, you know, it's really important how you start on that mountain. Because if you don't start with a good mindset, um, you cannot make the top. And it's the same as we come to church. When you come to church, if you come expecting that God's going to speak to you, it's not me, it's him, okay? So can I just pray, just before we start, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just want to honour you this morning. I honour your word. And I honour your presence. And I thank you that you are here. And I thank you that we're just putting a posture ourselves in a position today to receive the word of God. And Father, I ask that you would open our ears to hear and our eyes to see and our hearts to receive today. That truth would set us free. But more than that, hope would rise and faith would just be stirred again today, we pray in Jesus' name. So church, you know we're in the book of Haggai. Are you enjoying the book of Haggai? You should all know the story. I should better turn to you and say, tell me the book of Haggai. You should all better tell me because we've been in it for a few weeks. And as you know, that the people of, of God had been in captivity. How many years? 70 years. And then what happened? The king commissioned them to go back to Israel to what? Build the temple. Some people have been listening. Okay, why? Because it lies in ruins. Okay, because when they got taken captive, they wrecked the temple. That was Solomon's temple. So they they get sent back, which was awesome. But they start the build and they get to foundations. And then what happens? Why? Why do they stop? Opposition arose. Okay. And then Haggai the prophet. You know, I love that there's always a now man of God or woman. When things are in ruins that God sends for us to hear the word of God. Don't you love that? Okay, so Haggai says, now, is it time for you to dwell in panelled houses, remember? While my house lies in ruins, consider your ways. Okay, so he was asking them to build his temple again. And then he says, Haggai 1.8, this is going to be our scripture today. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own house. They had been in lack because they had, they had neglected the things of God, the kingdom of God business. Can I tell you, there is no church, there is no part-time faith. There is no part-time faith. I've called my message today, Climb Higher. We climbed this very, very big mountain yesterday, and it was, well, you, you'll know, it's the highest mountain in Queensland, Mount Barney, and um, it had quite a few false summits, and what I would find that every time I got to a false summit, I'm like, the view is amazing. I was a photographer, wasn't I? I was getting the camera out, everybody, let's take photos. I mean, we literally climbed, I am sore today, <laughs> but when I got to the false summits, I kept thinking, do you know what? This view is awesome. I could just stop here. 
Like when your muscles are really hurting, you're like, I'll just stop here. But then I thought, I look up and there's another, I'm like, I wonder what it looks like up there. I wonder what the view is up a little bit higher. And as we kept going, by the time we got to the third false summit, I'm like, I am reaching the summit. There must be an awesome view from the summit. And sure enough, we did. But I couldn't help as I was, as I was climbing, the Lord said to me, he said, how often, Claire, have you got to a stage in your Christian life, you're like, I'm good, I'm good. I don't need to go, I don't need to fast, I don't need to pray anymore, I don't need to go to prayer meeting, I don't need to read my Bible, I actually don't even need to study because I'm good. I've got Jesus. And God really prompted me and he said, you need to climb higher. You need to put a little bit more effort into what you're believing in your faith and stir something up. And I thought, and he said to me, you know, the enemy is always going to try and get you off your mountain and off the building site to build. He's always going to have opposition. And David reminded us last week, keep building in every season of your life. Keep building your faith. Are you building your faith today? When was the last time you built your faith? Okay, think about it, okay? Because your faith is going to, be tri- going to be tested, people. If you have, your faith has never been tested, it actually can't be trusted. Okay, so you might be early days in your walk and you think Jesus is wonderful, and he is, he is amazing. But he's going to allow your faith to be tested because then it's true faith that can be trusted, okay? We saw, um, <laughs> you see, the problem with the, the children of Israel is they lost sight, of what God had called them to do. And we've been watching this movie. Dave and I like watching, um, well, I like watching renovation, you know, stories. You like that too? I just get something out about old things becoming new. And we've been watching this program that um, this company comes in and one day they can renovate a whole house. Like it's ridiculous and they have like 250 people turn up and you just can't help but see the whole transformation. And they showed this one story of this pastor and his wife and they had plans and they built this beautiful house but they had so much opposition to the build that um, it lay in ruins pretty much. They had the shell of the house and that was it and this group came in and they had ideas and they completed the whole house in one day. But what struck me was what the pastor and his wife said. They said, you know what? It became such a hard build for so long. And the opposition was so huge that we forgot what the dream looked like. We couldn't even remember. And I think that's where the children of Israel were. Same place, 16 years, the, the, the foundation and the temple had been laid in ruins. And the expectation of God being able to do anything was this slow. And so what did they do? Turned back and looked after their own stuff. And God called them back. And that's where we're going to start today. My first point is stir up fresh expectancy. You see, did you read? Did you hear that? The prophet said, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. Has anyone else had any unmet expectations in this place and faith? Yeah, anyone else prayed for someone really believing they were going to get healed? <laughs> I had one lady came back to me afterwards and she said, you know what? I was worse after you prayed for me. I said, what? (laughs) And I was like, God, that's now your problem. Like, come on. But disappointment and unmet expectations can wreck a lot of things. They say it's the number one thing that wrecks marriages. Okay, relationships with God can also be wrecked through unmet expectations. So we've all been there. But David asked us a good question, and I felt stirred Last Sunday morning when I sat there and he spoke, he said, have we lost a bit of expectation of what God can do? 
and he encouraged us. He said, stir up, stir up a spirit of expectation over your life. Do you know what expectation means? An, an anticipation of something about to happen. We have a wedding happening in a, a week's time and I'm anticipating this awesome day as I bet Brad and Montana are too. There's an anticipation, something really good. Now, you see, what was amazing that the main theme of Haggai, one of the main themes of Haggai, is that the promise of the build had attached a promise to it. And the promise was that something great was going to happen if they would build the temple. And that was that the glory of the latter temple would be greater than the former. You see, the promise is always to stir up expectancy. When God says to you, I am going to do an amazing thing, pour something great out, that's a promise. It's to stir up expectancy of something that's about to come. So he promises these builders, hey, if you will build, what you build is going to be greater than what you had before. And what you had before was amazing because Solomon's temple was one of the amazing, amazing buildings in history. And he said it's going to be greater. Now, they were just looking with natural eyes. He was calling them to look with other eyes, you see. God is still at work. When you lose sight of that expectancy, you lose sight that God is still working in the background, okay? He didn't let them off. He didn't say, well, we'll just leave it in ruins because that is not the God that I serve. He will not leave any part of your life in ruins if you will trust him. And so they just couldn't see what was on the other side if they would build again. <laughs> They'd lost faith, hey? They lost faith. They lost sight. But the word of God comes to the people, and this is what he says. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may be, take pleasure in it and be honoured. Some Bibles say, some um, translations say glorified. See, God was calling the people back to the place of faith. Come back to faith. Come back to the original mission. Get back on task. He's saying that to us as well. Come on, stir something up in you. Those little words, go up to the mountains and get timber. Do you know that you and I are the temple? Do you know that? We are the temple of God and we've been bought with a price. And if you've given your life to Jesus, your life's actually not your own anymore. Did you know that? That means you do kingdom business. Kingdom business. Are we doing kingdom business? I just ask you that because it's a good question, okay? So we have the same mission, build my house. Go up. Do you know that word go up in the Hebrew is Allah? And this is what it means. To ascend, climb, go higher, to meet, visit, withdraw, retreat, to come up before God, to rouse, to stir, to be taken up, to take oneself away, to grow. I believe God's saying to you and I today, our faith needs to come up higher. Find the place of faith in God again. I don't know what's in front of you, but find that faith again. Set yourself apart to seek God. King David knew that if you would set yourself to go to the mountain of the Lord, you could, this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Psalm 24. Would you read it up? It's on the screen, is it? It will be. Okay, you ready? Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Some, mount, some translations say mountain of the Lord. Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who's not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Seller. This is a generation of those who seek him and seek his face. Seller. 
Lift up your heads, all you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting door, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? Come on, church, we should know this. The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, all you gates, lift up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. In who is this King of Glory, the Lord of Hosts? He is the King of Glory, Seller. Okay, pause. Let that sink in. This is what the Passion Bible says: the King is coming. So wake up. Wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. Welcome the King of Glory, for he is about to come through you. Boy, if that is not a promise attached to the build, what is? Do you want the King of glory to come through you? Do you want to be a glory carrier? This is what it says, wake up. Do I need to speak louder? Wake up. Really think about it, church. Wake up. We are sleeping giants full of the Holy Spirit. Imagine when the church wakes up. Wow. Yeah. My second point today is if we're going to climb higher, it's a place of fresh faith. You see, intimidation does come. And when it does, because I, I had a week. Oh, did I have a week? And for all those who are praying for me, thank you. I had such a week this week, and the spirit of intimidation came against me so strong. And what I notice that when the spirit of intimidation comes against you, you lose your peace, and you start to feed fear rather than faith, and the what-ifs speak really loudly. And how the spirit came in was through um, just something really, really personal for me, and well, me and David probably, and... Um, there's some, you know, the enemy, he's a, he's a rotter. He's going to go for places that really touch your heart. And, and the what ifs were speaking so loudly. And I felt so intimidated. And then I remember thinking, what on earth am I doing? I'm looking at this intimidation and I need to look at my big God. And I need to remember that I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ, high above principalities, powers. They have no power over me. And the what ifs is what if this is a moment God's going to do something incredible. Okay, you see, God was saying to me, you know what? I called you to have a conquering attitude conquering spirit over what comes against you in the enemy. We've been called to conquer through Christ. And he said to me, reminded me, I've told you this before about the snake line. You know how we've got to live above the snake line, the place where snakes, if you go climb high enough, they actually are not there. Yesterday I'm climbing this high mountain. I'm thinking, I'm not even worried about snakes because I know I am high enough from those snakes. But what God was saying to me was you've got to live in faith in a high place. Okay, you live in faith above the intimidation, above the fear voices. And you've got to always remember that our God is so faithful. And we lose sight of that sometimes, hey? You see, every time you're in a hard place and you choose to trust God, faith rises. Every time. We need our faith to, to rise, to build. Okay, where God's calling us as a church Personally and corporately, you need faith for where God's calling you. Be careful. Be very careful. When God says to you, I want you to believe for that miracle, okay, your flesh is going to scream, it's impossible. Do not partner with those words. 
Okay, they're off. Just straight lie. When the mountain stands in front of you and you're believing for healing or you're believing for your breakthrough or stronghold to break or whatever it is or even your finances, speak faith. Okay, speak His promises. They will build your faith. This is a beautiful scripture, Hebrews 10, 23. So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lies within us, knowing that our God always keeps His promises. I think today that scripture is for someone in this room. Okay, cling tightly to the promise because God always keeps His promises. That's good, hey. You see, if we're going to climb this mountain, and climb higher. That faith that's going to grow is what we call now faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence unseen. Do you not know that, that scripture? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. The Amplified Bible says, it's the confirmation, the title deed. Faith is a legal document in heavenly realms. Did you know that? Faith. Faith is putting our full confidence in the hope. Who's our hope? Who's our hope? Come on, church. Come on. See, now faith is being certain of things we cannot see. Now faith is stirring up an expectation that God is about to do something great in your life. Are you ready for that? Faith is calling forth those things that aren't as if they were. Do you know that your expectation for God to move in this room today is faith? So when we come together, this is why coming together is so powerful, because faith compounds. So when there's a whole pile of faith in one room, there's more chance of more miracles. Did you know that? Okay. Do you know that it's impossible to please God without faith? So if God wants us to build something that pleases him, what are we going to need? Faith. Okay, the Bible tells us that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even imagined what God has laid out for those who love him. The word of God is so full of expectation. Ephesians 3.20 says, my God can do exceedingly abundantly more than I even ask, think, dream, or even imagine. Tell me, speak that to your giant today. Speak that to your giant. Speak that to the what if voice. Speak that to the fear that comes to you at night. Say, my God, my God can do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever ask, think, dream or even imagine. Church, it's time our voices are heard in the darkness. It's time. Paul encourages us. He said, you know, stand with great expectancy of faith. He says, you can speak to your mountain. You can speak to your mountain and it will move if you don't doubt and just believe. So God says, climb higher. Yesterday when we climbed that high mountain, why would we put ourselves through so much pain, Jay? Why would we do that? Except when we got to the summit. See that? that you get to all go up Mount Barney today. Look at that. I made it easy for you. That is the view. And that's just a little, I did a whole panorama. I stood and did this with my phone. Okay, it took us four hours to climb up. But the top view, there was no view at any false summit that actually beat that view. None. It was worth the pain. 
It was worth the separation. It was worth the not giving up. But I can tell you one thing what really helped, especially me because I, I was a weak link. <laughs> one thing that really helps when you're, you're building your faith is really good voices around you who say, come on, you can do it. Come on, keep going. You're nearly there. Come on. See, this is why building the house of God corporately and privately in your own world is so important. We need each other. You need to be encouraged by each other. It's so important. So we climb the mountain to see because the view at the summit, what you can see up there is not visible down here. Think about that. What you can see up here is not visible down here. A chicken can never see what an eagle will see. Okay, you know, chicken faith or eagle faith. Climbing higher activates our faith. It activates our faith. What for? Great things. Great things, okay? We climb higher to see because when we come closer to God, when we read our word and when we spend time and say, Jesus, I'm really feeling fearful. I'm really feeling intimidation. But what do you see? And he starts to show you because as I'm writing this message this week, I've got quite a few giants in my life at the moment. And honestly, there was no fear left. I just started to think, oh my goodness, he's going to do something great. I have a testimony that's going, to, that's going to encourage so many people. My God, he, he always writes good stories. The end's always better than the beginning. And if you're in the middle, he was saying, just like I am for quite a few places, he was saying to me, Claire, if you just keep climbing, if you just keep building your faith, if you keep stirring up expectation, you're going to be so amazed at what I'm going to do because it's going to be exceedingly abundantly than anything you could ask, think, dream, or even imagine. I'm like, yeah, I'm keeping climbing. I'm going to build my faith. Because I want to see that. You see, when the children of Israel went up the mountain, you know what they saw? Timber, wood. Do you know that you are the timber? Your gifts, your life. It wants to use you to carry his glory, okay? And you know, I don't know, you might have a little inner voice that says, no, I'm being disqualified, I'm too broken. No, 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 no. God loves to use the foolish things of this world. He loves to use the little boy with his fish and loaves. He just needs a yes. Okay, it's all he needs. Many years ago, Dave and I, we built this house, and um, it's on the property we're on now. And we were so excited because I had this dream that I was going to have a horse in the backyard because I love horses. And it really was a dream, wasn't it, David? And the foundation gets laid, and we were so excited, but not half as excited as when the timber came for the frames. When the timber came for the frames, oh my goodness, we could see the house that was about to yet to be built. We could imagine it. It was like ridiculous. And I just imagined as I was reading Hagar that they climbed up the mountain, they saw the tree, they remembered the promise, something great is going to be attached to a build, and the timber was the activation. Yes, the timber was the house. God's going to do something amazing if we were built again. Don't you love that? You see, I get really excited when we have new people today. And they'll know because I've already said hello to them, haven't I, girls? Because I'm like, oh, are they going to be part of the new thing God's doing here? Because he needs timber. So we need timber. We need each other. We need everyone to take their place in this time. And you're not going to see what's possible unless you build your faith. Okay, you've got to climb higher. You've got to go higher. Because, you see, the world's going to shout your limitations. They're going to say, you're not good enough. Or you, no, you're too messed up. Or you're too broken. Or, you know, you don't fit. That's what the world's going to do. And that's what that voice of the enemy does. But, you know, 
if you will surrender your life, it is the most incredible thing to see what God and what is possible with a surrendered life, the power that would flow through a surrendered life. He does not need you to be perfect. He just needs you to be, be willing. But there's good news. And, you know, when I, wrote, when I was writing this, I got so excited at this point, okay? I've already enjoyed the message because he gave it to me to, to feed my faith, First and foremost, the good news. I've written here, the good news. Are you ready for good news? When we get higher, we see his provision is there. Do you know that when God calls you to build your faith, to go higher, to do something incredible for the kingdom, he will resource his idea. Okay, he will resource. Listen to this. In Ezra 5 and 6, when the people began to build again, something amazing happened. The king of Persia issued a new decree over all those that had posed the build. He declared to their enemies, listen up, church, let the work of this house of God alone. Do not bother or interrupt the work on that temple of God. Do you want to read that again? Let, this is what the king decreed to their enemies who 16 years ago opposed everything that they did. Hardship upon hardship, intimidation, accusation, slander, this is what the king, and not even the king of Israel, this is the king of Persia, he declares, let the work of this house of God alone. Do not bother or interact, interrupt the work on that temple of God. And in verse 8, he says, I issue a decree. Are you listening? Let the cost be paid at the king's expenses and whatever they need, let it be given them day by day without fail that they may offer sacrifices of sweet aromas to the God of heaven. Do I need to say any more? Do I need to say any more? This is our promise, church. As you climb higher, the king resources his ideas. It's his ideas that none would be lost. It's his idea to build his church. It's his idea that you will live a good, blessed life, okay? We build under the king's decree. Yes, he will stand before our enemies and declare, leave my workers and my work alone. And he will resource the work. He wants you and I to have strong faith. I really like that because it reminded me of Psalm 91. Was it he who dwells in the secret place? the one who runs for the shelter of the Most High in every season of your life. What happens? Where are we going to hide? Under the shadow of the Almighty God. Oh, gosh, that excited me. And in verse 14, it says, because you, because my church, imagine, put, put ourselves in, because you, little Gilston, have delighted in me as my great lover, I will protect you. I will set you in a high place Whoa, yes, thank you. I like that place. Safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. Church, will your faith been encouraged by who we serve this morning? I hope so because mine has been. But the last thing that I want to take you to is um, that God wants to activate your spiritual eyes to see. See beyond the here and now. See beyond who you are now to what is possible through Christ in you. Okay, revival is when eyes are open to see. Paul had a fresh encounter with Jesus. What fell off his eyes? Scales fell off his eyes. When the enemy surrounded Elisha and his servant, what did Elisha do? Because his servant was so full of fear. 
fear grabs hold of us and tells us what ifs. But his servant was so full of fear. What did Elisha do? He prayed. What did he pray? Oh, Lord, open his eyes so he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What if God is going to do the most incredible thing in your life in this minute when you might feel so defeated, so much full of failure, so intimidated? What if God says, I'm going to open your eyes to see what I'm doing. Come up higher. Okay. Hebrews 11. It's one of my favorite chapters as well. I've got a few, haven't I? It's the hall of faith. Men and women, just like you and me, okay, who became great timber. Timber of faith, and they did mighty exploits for God. They overcame incredible odds, believed God despite all, and now their faith feeds ours. Hebrews 11, I lived in that, this chapter this week. Hebrews 11, I ate the words this week. You see, faith has eyes that others to see things that others don't see. What could not be seen in the natural they see by faith. They saw what the future held, the promise, the glory of this latter temple will be greater than the former. Our father of the faith, Abraham. Do you know what his name means? Father of multitudes. He was childless. Just let that sink in. He was just like you and me, flesh and blood. My name means I'm a father of multitude. I'm old. I have no children. Think about it. He's flesh and blood like you and me. You know our faith journey, our faith challenges we have. Abraham was flesh and blood like you and me. And God gives him a name that says you're the father of multitudes. Wow, could, could feel cruel, hey. But no, the story is not stopped, you see. God speaks an impossible thing over his life. He promises to make him a great nation. And not just a great nation, a nation that would bless the nations of the world. Promising him children, and yet Abraham is old, and Sarah is old too, and she is barren. So what does God do? He said, I need to activate your spiritual eyes to see. Genesis 15, 5, this is what he does. He's in his tent, and he says, then God brought him outside. So rather than staying in his tent, God took him out of every place that had limitations and said, I'm going to take you out of those small places, and I'm going to bring you into a wide open place, and I want you to look. He says, look now towards heaven and count the stars. If you are able to number them, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham believed in the Lord, and he accounted him for righteousness. You see, and you know, Jay, I have to give you this. this. You said this on the mountain yesterday. When we can't see, we sometimes need a reference picture. Okay, so we, when you can't see something, because sometimes fear takes hold so strong on us that it actually just kills our faith. And we can't see with spiritual eyes. And sometimes we need a reference picture. Well, the stars... With the activation, with a reference picture for Abraham. How kind is God that what he couldn't see in the natural God says, hey, would you just look at the stars? And he said, every time you look at the stars, what are you going to remember? The promise. What was the promise? A nation is going to be born from you. So every night, every single night, when he looked out, the promise. That's how many children I'm going to have. 
the natural, the world around, but you're old. Sarah's back. No, but look, look. See, you've got to climb higher and you've got to see what God sees. He said those stars are a reference picture of the promise that's yet to come. Romans 4 says, this is Abraham, and I love it, okay? It says, And Abraham, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced. What do we say now faith was? Fully convinced, okay? Fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. I love that he didn't look at the deadness of Sarah's womb or his own body. Hebrews 11.10 says, His eyes of faith were set. What were they set on? The unshakable foundations whose architect and builder is God himself. Sarah's faith embraced, embraced the miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing for the authority of her faith. Are you listening? The authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped in to his faithfulness. Their faith fasted onto their promises and pulled them into reality. How cool is that? Boy, I Guys, this is, this is what God's calling us to do as we build our faith, okay? Pulling something incredible into a reality. Hebrews 12 tells us what we have a great crowd, crowd, crowd of witnesses. Those who've been fellow builders, they've gone before us. And what we noticed yesterday as we were going up the mountain, there's no markers. But we had a group of young boys who were rowdy as, so fun. They were about 50 meters ahead of us. They led the way. Like we were just following in their footsteps. Wherever they went, we went. And we didn't even have to watch their footprints. We could just see them. And we're like, oh, we've got to go that way. We would have got lost without them. That's what the great cloud of witnesses is. Hey, guys, you might not see us, but we're there. And we're cheering for you. And the baton that we carried as we built, attached our faith to the promise, that baton is now yours. And now you get to run in faith. But they give us a warning. They say, lay down every weight of unbelief, unmet expectations, disappointment, discouragement, a picture that you thought it was meant to look like and it's not. Lay that down. Because if you don't, you won't better run. You won't better carry on with the building that God has asked you to do. You see, the faith eyes attach our faith to this, the promise that's yet to come. This week as I was driving, and this is how kind God is, when you're trying to find that, that higher place in faith, you're just like, God, I just need some help here. I need some faith voices. And I had a friend ring me that never rings me, ever. And she rang me, and she, um, she was an intercessor that prayed for, I prayed with her for many years, but she was an intercessor that actually came on this property to pray with us before we opened up the church here. And I wasn't talking about anything. She turned to me and she said, Claire, I just have to tell you, do you remember what happened, what I saw in the spirit when we started to pray for Gilston? And I'm like, can you just remind me? And she said, I saw miracles everywhere. She said, people were walking in the building, coming in one way and being transformed, coming out. She said, there were miracles everywhere. Don't you remember? Now her faith eyes stirred mine. Okay, they were activating mine. Many years ago, um, I remember praying for, a it was a life and death situation. 
And the Lord said to me, if you can see it with your eyes of faith, Claire, you can have it. I thought, whoa, okay. Prayer meeting this week, little Janelle, I know she's not here today, but she won't mind me sharing. She just was telling us one day she was praying and praying for, it sort of started just praying for whatever and then God showed her a picture of Australia and she, she saw the Holy Spirit sweeping through Australia and she saw fire and she saw floods and then she saw wildflowers. Now think about it, we've seen fire, we've seen floods. I think we're about ready for the wildflowers, don't you? <laughs> Good. Do you want your eyes of faith activated? Lorna. Lorna reminded us, didn't you, Lorna, the other day in a meeting, she saw crowds of people lining up to come into this building. Now, these are spiritualized, church. Okay, you need to catch on. Spiritualized attaches to faith, and faith pulls things into reality. God is stirring our faith this morning. I remember I was preparing a sermon, and one of our sons, his wife, was pregnant, and I heard the words as clearly as anything. Um, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. And I saw a little girl. I'm like, we're having a baby girl. <laughs> and you know what? That year we had two little baby granddaughters born. Now I had already seen it. And we had the big reveal with those balloons and everything. And I remember Georgia coming to me and saying, we're having a girl. I'm like, I know. I had already seen it with my eyes of faith. My mum, I remember my mum, I said to her one day, one of my sons, I said, would you pray for his wife? I just feel like we need to pray for his wife. She said, sure. She went and prayed, came back a week later. She said, oh, I saw his wife. I said, did you? Because she didn't know the people in the church, didn't know anyone. And she said, oh, yeah, I saw her. She's young and she's already in the, in the house. Sure enough, we didn't know. There was a young woman in the, in the congregation that had eyes only for Matt. <laughs> and now we have our beautiful Kate. My mum saw with her spiritual eyes before whatever came to be. Pastor Anne was driving down here, remember, just before, before COVID? She's driving down the road, just coming in here, and she sees in the sky, awake. See, God was showing her with her spiritual eyes the season that we're about to just step into. Spiritual eyes are so important. There's a supernatural realm so close, church. We just can't see it. We get so used to the natural realm that we forget there's a spiritual realm. God is always working and He calls for our faith to activate the, the heavenly realm to come into the spirit, to the natural realm. But we need our faith. We need our faith to be activated. So I ask you, um, I was in a, you know, David in prayer meeting this morning stirred me when he said, he said, um, we need to wake up. We need to wake up. And probably not even two, three weeks ago, I was in the, in the prayer meeting on a Tuesday night, and the Lord showed me, I was just praying, and the Lord showed me a clock. And I, then I saw heaven, like, busy, and there was a scurry in heaven, and I heard the words as clear as anything. He said, it is time. How are you spiritualized, church? Eyes get cloudy with life, with discouragement, disappointment. They make them messy. Jesus wants to anoint your eyes today. Three things a church in Laodicea. Three things. It was a lukewarm church. They needed to purchase gold refined in fire, a white garment, and eye salve. Revelation 3.18b says, Purchase eye salve to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see, to see things as they truly are. Musicians, you guys can come back up. I'm going to ask you this question. What are your faith eyes like today? 
What in your faith eyes, and I love what you said at the beginning, Nick. You said, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you to believe to, what are you going to believe for as we come into encounter? What are you looking with your spiritual eyes to see and pull out of the heavenly realm into our natural, natural realm? What are you seeing over your family? What are you seeing over the city? What are you seeing over our nation with your spiritual eyes? You know what, church? He wants your eyes because he wants your faith. Your faith is what pleases him. So don't go, oh, that's someone else because they're really deeply spiritual. No, no, he wants to use your eyes. He wants you to see and you to declare. John 8, 56b, we talked about Father Abraham. Listen to this. Abraham, your father, with elated faith, looked down the corridors of history and saw my day coming. He saw it and cheered. What if God's calling you and I to look down the corridors of the days yet to come and see that Jesus is coming back? What if we see it before it happens? And if you see it before it happens, what are you going to do? Be prepared. Be ready. Hey, see, there's more. He invites us to see more today. He says, awaken the watchman inside of you with eyes that are spiritual, that you're not going to be found sleeping when God is calling his church to be awake and alive and get about building his church. He said, I don't want it to, it doesn't please me leaving things in ruins. He said, I want you to build again. I want you to be part of us. God is showing us some things and as we climb higher, we will see. John saw an angel in Revelations 4. Revelations 4, 1 to 2 says, come up here and see. After these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. I believe, church, we're entering an open door season. The portal in heaven is wide open. It's up to you what you want to pull out. Okay, I've got some big things that I tell you what, I'm standing right there. God, I want my faith to name and declare some things in my world that are about to shift. Because faith is starting to rise in our hearts, our voices. We're starting to speak and call things that aren't as if they were. We're about to go into an encounter next weekend up at Ormo. I hope and pray we will not go in with no expectation. I hope we go into faith that's so high and so expectant that there's going to be celebrations and cheers of shouts of joy as we see breakthrough for the things that we are believing God for. Do you know the greatest compliment you can give God? Do you know what it is? It's believe what He says and trust Him. Like that pleases Him. It draws His faith, to his, his eyes to you. There she is. She trusts me. She believes me. She's stepping in. She's going again. She's going to build even though that happened. She's saying yes again. He's saying yes. I see the pain. I see the hardship. I see your trials. I've seen your challenges. But oh my goodness, when I see you believe again and trust again, God's favour comes upon you. Like how, how beautiful is that? And so today... You know, I believe that um, we're entering a very exciting season. And I reckon that great cloud of witnesses wish they were born in our day. I bet you they did, okay? And so today, we're going to do something very special. We're going to, um, those little cards that we have, have we got them down here? Have we got the little cards? 
We've, have you seen our little encounter cards, expectancy cards? David, do you want to come up? We've got our, um, our team is going to give you all a little card because we want to stir up some expectation today. And our team is going to give you a card each. How are we going to do this, David? Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.